Okay, thank you all for joining us. Um, this is a a hybrid a hybrid situation where we have Bar Hashem we're now to have in St. Louis some people learning live in the Bismarck in Aguda. And at the same time, we have Kanan Nahara, many people from all over the country. And it seems like the world at this point, um, if Eretz Yisrael, if I'm seeing Eretz Yisrael on the screen. So it's a beautiful um, opportunity. And I'm not going to spoil um, Rabbi Cinnamon's connection to St. Louis. I'm going to hand it over to Dove. To, uh, to do that. But I, what I will say is that at the last event we had at our summer Yarchikala, the last big event, like Yarchikala, um, we were surprised at the, uh, and I, I made a prediction that every person that we bring to St. Louis in person or virtually is going to have some kind of connection. And when I spoke to Rabbi Cinnamon and he told me about this connection, I felt like I'm, I'm uh, continuing the streak. So um, again, thank you to Dove. Siona and the whole Zephyrin family for sponsoring this as a schos Nishmas, Dr. Zephyrin and Gershon Zephyrin, who Dove will um, briefly um, talk about tonight before Rabbi Cinnamon. And if I just, I feel bad, I don't want to be either Loi Glorosh, but I will tell the people in person that uh, following the Shear and following Myra, you're welcome to stop by the Koilal to pick up some Cholent and a beverage to go. Um, is the, is the chalent in, in a bag? The chalent will be in a bag, yes. In a bag, in a, in a container in a bag. But um, who knows, Bezat Hashem, next time maybe we'll be able to virtually order it for everyone else who is participating. Um, without further ado, thank you, Reb Dov. The okay. floor is yours. Right. Thank you, Yaakov. So first, I just want to uh, give a Karl Satovin thank you to the St. Louis Colo in particular, to uh, Rabbi Berkowitz and uh, the president, Mr. Mayor Klein, for organizing this uh, winter virtual Yarche Kala. And a special thank you to our Rosh Kola and Mora de Asra, Rabbi Menachem Greenblatt, for making St. Louis the Makam Torah it is today. I would like to thank all of you for joining us tonight, both on Zoom and in person. And in particular, I want to welcome uh, my brothers, Dr. Yak and David Zephrin, our children grandchildren, cousins, nieces, and nephews. And I have to give a special shout out to my uh, son-in-law in Eretz Yisrael, uh, where I think it's now about 5 a.m., which is uh, when his day tends to start. Uh, Donnie Feiner, who's with us as well. Uh, tonight and Sunday's learning should be as a chutz for the neshama of our beloved father, Dr. Lester Zephyrin Zetzal, uh, Yoel Eliezer ben Israel Avraham, our dear brother, Rabbi Jonathan Zephyrin, Rav Gershon, Yitzhak, Ben Yoel Eliezer, as well as our maternal aunt, Mrs. Pauline Schneider, Oleha Shalom, and Chashiva cousin, Rav Shimon Zephyrin Zetzal, of whose, all of whose yard sites took place over the last two weeks during Chodesh Teves. All of them were wonderful members of our mishpacha and each made unique contributions to the world at large and Klai Yisrael in particular, a beloved physician, communal leader, adored mechanech for hundreds of talmidim and talmidos from within our community, a distinguished Rosh Hashiva for 50 years, and a sweet woman who devoted her life to Jewish communal work, and all of whom were intensely devoted to their spouses and children. But as with any member of Klai Yisrael, the essence of an individual is defined by their midos, I was recent, recently learning a new sefer with Rabbi Nitzin called Bayam Darchecha, 
which is based on the thoughts of Rav Yitzchok Meir Morgenstern Shlita. The Mechaber explains that the root of all Midos Tovos is directly linked to one's level of Emunah Betachon and Kaddish Baruch Hu. And the Hakara, the recognition that everything that occurs on a daily basis is Ba'ashkachas Hashem and is Kulo Tov. I believe that the Tzad Shava, the common denominator that links together all of these wonderful Neshamos was their unflailing Emunah and Betachon in Hashem and the ongoing Hakaras recognition of Hashem's involvement in their lives on a daily basis. It is therefore no surprise that they were all defined by their exemplary midos, their smiles, warmth, compassion, and unlimited avas Hashem and avas abrios was rooted in their daily awareness of Shavisi Hashem Kenegdi Tamid. May the learning that will take place over these next few days bring about an aliyah for their holy neshamos, and may they continue to be a melech yasher for our family, community, and all of Klai Yisrael. I was zochet to have first met tonight's Magad Shir, Rav Shlomo Sinemin Shlita, at the annual Agudas Yisrael Yarche Kala in Yushalayim, along with our son-in-law, Dr. Donnie Feiner, his father, and Chaim Edelstein, also here from St. Louis. Rav Sinemin would give the daily Chazar Shir in English for all of the Shirim that were given in Ivrit and Yiddish. For those of us who were all attending simultaneous English Shirim and missed the other Shirim, we were all amazed and impressed by his ability to be Masbir, incredibly complicated Shirim with extraordinary energy, clarity, and accuracy, all done with a smile and a good-natured manner. He has continued to participate in giving weekly shiurim on a variety of Lundashid topics as part of the national Agudas year-long virtual Yarche Kala that has been ongoing since the beginning of the pandemic. Rasidimin currently serves as the Rav of Kahal B'nai Torah in Flatbush and is a Rebbe at Yeshivas Torah Vadas, where incidentally, both my brother and father learned at different periods of their lives. Rav Sinemin, as been mentioned earlier, also has a personal connection to St. Louis, having made several visits through the years to Mivakir Chola, his cousin, our former chief Rav, Rav Sholem Rifkin Zetzal, and to visit his son, Ben Sion. Without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to uh, turn over uh, the rest of the evening to uh, what I hope, what I anticipate would be an absolutely wonderful share from Rav Sinemin, Rav Sinemin Vakasha. Thank you very much for the warm words and introduction. And uh, I, would I would just begin with saying it's a special warm feeling, reminding myself and, and hearing the names of my mother's, my parents' cousins, the Rav and Rebetzin Rifkin, and my cousin, Rav Benzian Rifkin, Hamide Chachomem, and very, very special, and as Dr. Zephyr has mentioned the, uh, the tremendous Midas uh, Taivas of Rav Rifkin, besides his great scholarship and the Rebetzin. So great schus for me, the schus avoisai, and to connect to that great legacy of the Rav and the Rebetzin of St. Louis. Also, I'd just like to begin with a short vart on the Parsha and for two minutes before we get to today's topic. You know, we're joining here in a Yarche Kala 
and we're in a very, uh, hopefully at the end of a very hard, hard kufa. And I'd just like to say a, a short word from the Pasik and one of the Psukim in this week's parish. When Yaakov Avinu gave the bracha to Yisachar, one of the Shvatim, he said, he compared Yisachar to a strong boned donkey. He said, Yisachar chamar gorem, roivets bein hamishposayim. He's able to work and find his way in the fields. Bayar menucha ki He saw tranquility as a good thing. Besoaretz in the land, ki noema, as a the land as a sweet place. Bayet shichmoi lizboil. And he bent his shoulder to beer and he became a lamas oiveid an indentured laborer. A Rebbe once entered the home of the Chazonish, and he said to the Chazonish, it seems that this Pasuk is a contradiction. If someone is Vayar Menucha, if someone sees rest and tranquility as a, he appreciates it, and that's what he looks forward to. Why would he, why would he say the bracha of Vayet, the blessing of Vayet Shechmoi, Lisboil, that he should look to work hard and be a strong laborer? Doesn't that seem to be a contradiction? If someone appreciates Menucha, why would he be Vayet Shechmoi Lisboil? Why would he take more labor and hard work onto his, onto his shoulders? So this Rebbe told the Chazonish that I think maybe the Pshat is, we could explain it. He understood how how much how it's how much he appreciated menucha, he appreciated rest, and therefore he wanted to be maker of that. He wanted to be he wanted to sacrifice that. He wanted to give that up, and to show he was giving up something he appreciates and cherishes to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to Hashem. So that's why it says vayar menucha. He appreciated. He understood menucha. He taiv, that it was something that he looked forward to. But he gave that away to do the work of Hashem. The Chazanish praised these words, the words of this Rebbe. And for the next week or two, he continuously repeated it to anybody that he met. But I come from Hoylesha Chasidim, which were Vorka Chasidim. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a Vorka Chasid. And they used to say over in the name of one of the tzaddikim of Vorka, a different way of understanding the Pasik. And he said, if some, there's a very fine line between rest, vacation, and laziness. When somebody rests or somebody's lazy, it's sometimes hard to discern who's being lazy and who's taking a vacation. The defining factor between being lazy and taking a vacation and appreciating tranquility is if it's vayet shichmoi lizboil. If one works hard, then it's a vacation. If one doesn't work hard and all he does is rest, then it's laziness and it leads to boredom. If one is a hard worker and is doing his avoidus Hashem, He's working on his Ben Adam L'chaveroi. He's 
creating an atmosphere of amelas, of toiling in Taira, then it's vayar menucha kitaiv. Then his rest has meaning. His rest is a catalyst to be able to go on and accomplish and do things that bring to fulfillment and meaning. That's what Yaakov Avinu was saying to Yisachar. Of course, menucha is taiv. Working goes hand in hand with menucha. And then it's a menucha that's not just a passive act of rest and tranquility. It's a rest and tranquility which will bring us to new levels of accomplishment. This, the discerning factor of that is what we do on our vacation days. How do we use our tranquility? How do we use our time when we're not overloaded with work and harried and, and, and weighed down by daily responsibilities? That's how we define ourselves. That's what tells us for ourselves, our children, our families and our communities, what we are really, what we really are made of. It's a Kiddush Hashem that we come together at, at this time of a, of a holiday, of a national, a secular holiday. But it's a day that where people are looking to spend this weekend in Amelus Batayra, in hearing the great words of the Chazal and thinking about it and delving into it. Ashrechem. Anche St. Louis, thank you, Rabbi Berkowitz and the Zephyrin family for inviting me to come. And it's a schus, it's a privilege for me to be able to be mishtative and partner in this, in this, in this. Okay, Rabbi, Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Simon, I could just interrupt yes. for one minute. Sorry, the, the live shear in the Aguna was having some technical difficulties. They're going to address that for one minute. If we could just pause for a moment, just to allow them yes. to, sorry, everyone that uh, sitting at, comfortably in front of their screen. So thank you for the old uh, technical work. And uh, we'll just begin with the shear. The shear is on a Gemara and on a topic, I'd like to first preface by saying that anything we say and anything we talk about, my position in life, if I would use one word, I would say is lumbus. This is not for halacha, and it's basically based on the understanding of the topics and talking through some lumbus of, of Gemara and of the Rishonim, and that's what we'll do. There's a cryptic Gemara, and the Gemara tells us in Mesechtis Babekama Tav Samach Amit Beis and that's going to be the topic of the Shir and the Gemara tells us Osur Le'odom Lahatzel Atzmoi B'memoinoi Shel Chaveroi and we'll come back to the Gemara the Gemara tells us it's forbidden for somebody to save his life by taking by using somebody else's money or somebody else's Nechosim property but in order to approach the understanding of this Gemara, which seems to be very cryptic, we're going to begin from a place in Eirachayim, in the regular halachas of Yontif. The Gemara tells us in Mesech Tesukeh that there's a concept which is called a mitzvah habobavera, that if somebody accomplishes, wants to accomplish a mitzvah by being over an avera, 
he wants to take something and from avoid the Zora, or he wants to steal something, and he wants to use that as a lulav. The Gemara tells us you're not yotzi; you cannot accomplish the mitzvah because there's a rule of mitzvah above avera, which we learned from psukim. Taisvis in Mesechta Sukkah of Lamed Amid Aleph poses a question that Taisvis did not answer this question, and because Taisvis didn't answer the question, hundreds of terutzim have been said on Taisvis's kash. The Gemara Mesechta Psachim tells us that matzah that was made from grains that grew in Eretz Yisrael and trumas umaisris were not taken from them. That is called matzah shel tevel. Matzah which trumas umaisris were not taken is called a matzah shel tevel. The Gemara tells us if one eats the kezayis of matzah with matzah shel tevel, he did not accomplish his mitzvah on the night of Pesach of eating matzah. And the Gemara says, because since it's tevel, it has another iser besides of possibly becoming chametz. Matzah has to be the unchametz. And therefore, the only problem matzah could have as an iser, as a prohibition, would be the mat would be that the grains, if water was left on them for too long before baking, would be chametz. But if there's another iser besides the iser of chametz, that excludes those kind of grains from being used for matzah. That's a halacha, which was in the dafayoimi of this week, and it particularly, and matzah shel tevel is excluded from the mitzvah of matzah. asks, why do we need such a complicated limud, a rule to tell us that you're not yaitzah with matzah shel tevel? You shouldn't be yaitzah with matzah shel tevel because if one eats food that was made from ingredients which trumas and maestris was not removed from them or taken off and given to the koyin, the halacha is your oiver and avera. So the actual eating of matzah shel tevel would constitute an avera. If it's an avera, it would be a mitzvah habob avera, and in turn, you would not be able to be yaitzah Mitzvah's matzah. So why does the Gemara have to come on? And the Gemara needs to come on to a novel, original path to tell us why matzah shel tevel yonat yetzer. The reason should be straightforward, elementary. It's a mitzvah ba'avera. Paisvis does not answer this question, and he remains with this question. The Shagis Aryeh in Shagis Aryeh Simen Tzadik Zayin which was on the source sheet, at the end of a long tshuva, he says he has a very good terrors, a good answer to Taisus's gasha. We know there's a rule in the Torah, which is called asei doiche A commandment to do th- something overrides a prohibition in Avera. If someone has shotness and he has a, a beged to wear tzitzis, even though it's prohibited to eat, to wear shotness, you're allowed to wear it in order to do the mitzvah of tzitzis, because the rule is asay is doichelaisasay. So the Shagisariya says, and that rule is only if there's no choice. If you don't have a choice, and that's the only way, at that particular moment you could be 
you can do an assay, it pushes aside and overrides the license, the prohibition. Let's say somebody doesn't have a lulav. And the only, but let's say somebody would only have matzah shel tevel. That would be the only matzah in town. He has an exact kezayis of matzah. If he would remove truma, he wouldn't have matzah, a kezayis. So that is the singular matzah he has in his position, in his possession. What would the halacha be? Asei would be and he would be permitted to eat the matzah. If he's permitted to eat the matzah, then he wouldn't be over, he wouldn't be transgressing a prohibition of devil. So the assay of matzah would override the isser of devil, and he wouldn't have a mitzvah bavera because he's being he's accomplishing the mitzvah. But now that the Gemara says that matzah shel tevel is excluded from te- matzah, and therefore it's like making matzah from potatoes, and it's not an actual matzah. So therefore, you couldn't use if that, the matzah shel tevel to accomplish the mitzvah, even if it was your only matzah. So he says that's an answer to Tysus's question. What was Tysus's question? Why could you eat? Why? Do you need a limud that matzah shel tevel is not matzah? Let's not say that fancy-footed reason. Let's say the reason is because of mitzvah b'avavera. Shagas says no, because there would be an afkamin and it would be a differential. If it would be because of mitzvah b'avavera, if that would be the only matzah I have, then the halacha would be, it would be doicha. So in turn, it wouldn't be an avera. If it wouldn't be an Avera, so I wouldn't be over the, I wouldn't have a mitzvah of Avera. Therefore, the Gemara needed a special limud, a special, a special posik to tell us that matzah shel tevel is not matzah. A great terence of the Shagazar. But there's a, something very hard to understand. All of us know the first mission in Lulav HaGazel. Lulav HaGazel is puzzle. And the Gemara brings a posik. And the Gemara says the same question as Taisvis. Why do I need a posik of gozel? It should be a mitzvah babavera. If one steals a lulav, you're not yaitzah. And the Gemara brings a special posik. Why do I need a special posik? The Gemara asks, it should be a mitzvah habavera. You're accomplishing the mitzvah through an avera, and therefore it shouldn't be good. So the Gemara goes on and gives Tarutzim, Yom Tevrishin, Yom Tevsheni. The Gemara gives many Tarutzim. I would ask the Shagasari's Kasha. Why could you say Mitzvah Bobavera? If that's the only Lulav I have access to, so then I should be able to be accomplish my Mitzvah of Lulav the first day of Sukkot by stealing the Lulav because it would be Asay, Daichelaitzasay. If there's a rule in the Torah, a, a positive commandment overrides a prohibition. So there's a positive commandment of taking the lulu, and there's a not positive mitzvah, there's a prohibition of stealing, so we have that collision. If that's my only opportunity, so I should be able to steal. The Teretz is, the answer to that is, the Achreinim tell us, and it seems very clear, 
in the Chassam Soifer, the greatest of our Mepharshim, the Chassam Soifer, the Shar HaMelech, Rabbi Kiveger, the Beis Yitzchak, all tell us that an Asay is only Doiche, a Lois Asay, Bein Odom Lemokin. If it's an Avera between me and Hashem, a positive commandment could push it off. Not wearing shotness is something between me and Hashem. I have a positive commandment of wearing tzitzis and a, a prohibition of wearing shotness. Then the assay is doichinolysis. But if I have an assay and of a mitzvah of taking a lulu, and the loisa say is stealing from somebody, that's a bein odom lechaveiroi. And a bein odom lechaveiroi does not have the halacha to be pushed aside from an assay. Therefore, gezel is a bein odom lechaveiroi. And assay is not doichinolysis assay. Therefore, the Gemara has to say, so why do I need the alochem? Why do I need a posik for a lulav agazel? It's a mitzvah baba vera. Gvaldika terrets of the achreinim. But I want to ask a question. What is tevel? Tevel is usher because part of the food item in actuality belongs to the koyhanim. So when I eat tevel, Besides the Avera against Hashem, I'm also doing an Avera of taking something away from my Kayhanim brethren. So I'm taking something from the Kayhanim. So in essence, it's a Bein Odom Lechavera. So there that same rule should apply. Why does the Shagasarye accept that if I only have a Matzah Shotevel, I would have been able to eat it because of Asay Dechalais Asay. Even though I would have said Asay Dechalais Asay. But an Asay is not Doiche Elois Asay of Tevel, because Tevel has a Bein Odom Lechaveroi component. And if it has a Bein Odom Lechaveroi component, so then it should be similar to Loisigza. So if I'm saying a rule that Bein Odom Lechaveroi, we don't say the halacha of Asay Dechalais Asay. We should say the similar halacha by Tevel. So really, my question being posed to begin tonight's shir is why would the Shagis Aryeh accept that an assay would be doiche, the lois assay of Tevel? Tevel intrinsically has also a component of taking something from another human being. And therefore, the rule of Asay Dechalois Asay should not apply. So, how could the Shagasarye ignore it? It's right there on the page. The Gemara says that Asay Dechalois Asay would not apply by Gnevil, So, how could the Shagasarye tell us that it would apply on the Haloche of Tevel? This is a question that I would like to ask. And for the Marmakoimas, on the source sheet I put, a Gavaldika Sefer, the Pardus Yosef, who was one of tremendous, parenthetically to mention the Pardus Yosef, was a Sefer written in pre-war Poland. He was a man who owned a store, a shop, and he worked in the shop and he wrote a Sefer, an encyclopedic Sefer on Chumash, which till today has pre-computer access, tremendous marmokaimas. And in the first, he has a hakskoma from the Imre Emes, the Gera Rebbe, today's Gera Rebbe's grandfather. 
and he, that the Imre Emes wrote him as and he wrote, he praised him for writing such a safer and, and learning on such a high level while he was a working man, while he was being Isaac in Parnosa, which I think is apropos for the union of Yarche Kalos. So he in the first Perik, Perik, Aleph, Pasik, Aleph of Bereshis, he brings it on the Pasik and he brings a wealth of Marmokaimas that Geneva, there would be no din of which we're going to come to explain. And only applies on to be to push aside like Shatnis Mitzitzis or Chayve Lavin by Yibum, different Averis that are really Averis between you and Hashem. But Averis between you and a fellow man, you would not say Asei Dechalais. So our question is on the Shagaz why would that din, why would he ignore that when it comes to Tev? But in order to understand that, we have to get to the core of the issue. Why should there be a distinction? And why would Asei be Dechalais Asei? And why would Ben Adam Lechaveirai be more stringent than a Ben Adam Lemakim? We don't really find anywhere that you, when it comes to doing a mitzvah, we're more machmer on a mitzvah ben adam lechaveri than ben adam lemakim. We need a source. We need a hesber. We need an explanation to why that would be true. In order to explain that, we have to get to the Gemara Mesechtes Babakama Tafsamach Amid Beis. The Gemara tells us, and life repeats itself. The Gemara in Mesechtas Baba Kama Daf Samach Beis tells us they were Plishtim, the ancestors of the Palestinians who used to wage war on David HaMelech and his army. And the way they used to wage war, they would hide in the fields and in the piles of wheat, of, of Jewish fields, and they would fire and attack the um, David HaMelech's army and his legions. Sounds like terrorists, I don't know, something like that. And that's what they would do. David HaMelech sent back a letter to the Sanhedrin, and he said, can we burn the fields down in order to expose these plishtim and in order to find them and stop them from, from uh, attacking us? And it was pikuach nefesh, really. It was, if they wouldn't, the, the plishtim would have killed them. But he still posed this question. And the Gemara tells us the Sanhedrin sent him back. His question was, Mahu People were not there, and he was going to burn the fields down. And the Sanhedrin sent him back, and they told him, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to be matzal atzmai b'mamoy in the Divra Maschal notes, Taisvis gives an answer, but he leaves the question out, so I'll just fill in the question. We know the halacha is, so Taisvis just asks, why is this so? And is that possible? Is it so stringent not to burn somebody's field down? 
down, not to save lives? So Taisa says, The question was, The question was not if you are allowed to do it. The question was, will you have to repay the field owners? And if you can't repay the field owners, could you do it or not? And the Chazal answered him back and they said, If you can't pay back, you can't do it. If you can pay back, you can do it. So there was never a question, are you allowed to or are you not allowed to? The question is, are you obligated to pay back or are you not obligated to pay back? That's how Tysus learns the question. Because Tysus wants to soften the question of the Gemara. Tysus almost can't tolerate that you can't take it and you can't destroy somebody else's field in order to save lives. Tysus says the Gemara's question was only, if you can't repay, are you allowed to do it? That's the question. However, the Shita Mekubetzes in later on in the Mesechta, on the Avkuf Yudzayin, brings B'Shem Haraivid, one of the great Rishayim, that the Raivid learned the Gemara literally. And he learned, Asur Lahatzel Atzmoi Unless your friend gives it to you, unless your friend volunteers to let you burn down his field, you are prohibited from burning down his field to save your life or others' lives. And therefore, Dr. Ravid, the Ravid explains, those are the literal words of the Gemara. That's the words of the Ravid. But Taisvis argues, but I don't understand Taisvis. If it's mutter lahatzalatzmai, just you have to pay back. Why did the Gemara use the words oser lahatzalatzmai? The Gemara should have said they should have answered him back mutter lahatzal. It's a monetary question. You have to pay back. Okay, I derive it is hard to understand the logic. Why would it be oser to save your life with somebody else's money? Why is it so stringent? But at least it jives with the words of the Gemara. And the Gemara says, But according to Taisvis, that Taisvis, what were they saying? David HaMelech asked, Mutter, and they said, Oser. Taisvis says, it's not Oser, it's Mutter. It's just a halacha, you have to pay back. So what's the Oser or Mutter? And B is a great question. Why don't you talk straight, according to Taisvis? It could have been even, a, I'm saying, why? Let's ask a question on the Ravid. Why didn't the Ravid say, oh, the Gemara, Ein oivrim loisigzail, Why this poetic lushen of Osir lahatzel atzmai b'mamoinai shal chaveroi? It should have said, Osir lignaiv afilu b'mekuach nefesh. Osir lahazik why does the Gemara use this poetic words of So let's just go over the Gemara. The Gemara tells us they wanted to burn down fields in order to save lives. And the Gemara says, 
David HaMelech wanted to know, is it mutter or is it Asr? David HaMelech said, they answered him back and they said, Asr lahatzal Seems that Toysus couldn't tolerate that. So Toysus modified the Gemara and said, it's only a question of paying back. Words of the Gemara seem to be in contrast to Toysus's understanding. And according to the Ravid, who learns it literally, and according to the Ravid, it's very schwer, it's very hard to understand. Why would the Ravid say, if the halacha would be that he should have said the halacha of so we asked the original question about Tevel and Gneva by Aseder Chalais. Said over the Gemara and Baba Kame that the Gemara Samachomet Beis has this question. And the Gemara tells us, and uh, the Machloik is Rashi and the, the Toysvis and the Ravid. And in general, we have to understand what would be Pshat and the Ravid and then come back. Why would it be Osir Lahatzalatzmai to do Gneva? Just begin with a mention, one more Maramokan. The halacha is a very interesting halacha. In Parsha Shemois, the Torah tells us that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu after he ran away from Mitzrayim because they were looking to kill Moshe Rabbeinu for what he did to the Mitzri. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu and he said to him, Moshe Rabbeinu, you can go back to Mitzrayim now. The Mesu Kol Hoanoshim Asher Mevakshim All the people who are looking to harm you and kill you have died. Zok the Meshachach Meremea Simchadvinsk. Why did Hashem have to tell him that? Kol Yisroel needed Moshe Rabbeinu to go back. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Moshe, you are the Goyel who's able to take Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. That was definitely a pikuach nefesh situation. Every day Klal Yisrael stayed in Mitzrayim was life-threatening and it was a situation of dire pikuach nefesh. Let's say Moshe Rabbeinu would have gone back and they were still looking for him. So he would have questionably put his life in danger. It wasn't a definite situation of life and death for him. Maybe they would find him, maybe they wouldn't. But one thing was for sure, if he doesn't go and Klal Yisrael doesn't get out of Eretz Yisrael, it's a vadai pikuach nefesh. It's a definitely, definite pikuach nefesh. Dr. Meir Simcha explains in his great way, it's so classic for him. He says there's a Mishnah Mesechtas Makos, that if there's a brain surgeon who's in Golos, he had killed somebody Bishoigig, and he's the only person who knows how to perform a certain brain surgery. And there's somebody outside the R.A. Miklot who needs that emergency surgery. But if he goes out, the Goyal Hadam, the relative of the person who he killed, might kill him. The Mishnah tells us, and it's quoted by the Rambam, that he doesn't go out. He's not allowed to put his own life into a questionable danger, even if it is to save 
somebody from actual danger, actual life and death. Now, I'm not saying this is a very, very touchy subject. How much does a person have to put his life in these trying times in danger or in a suffolk, in a questionable position in order to save people from a vadai position? But Ramea Simcha accepts for the sake of our argument that you are, you are not allowed to. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem had to, had to ensure to Moshe, Rabbe, to Moshe Rabbeinu that you cannot, no one is there to get you. No one will kill you. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're obligated to go. But if it would be short of that, and there would be a question, you would not go. Ramea Simcha points to a Shuv Chaylus V'Chuvis Radbaz that tells us that the same rule applies to when somebody would have to sacrifice an Aver to save somebody's life. If somebody's life would be in danger, Ruvain's life would be in danger, and he needs an Aver, an, uh, he needs something, either an Aver, an, uh, uh, a digit, an arm, or something of somebody else in order to save his life, even if the person who is cutting his arm would not be in life's danger, he would just be losing a limb. The halacha is, he is not obligated to do it. So the Ramea Simcha says, the source is from this Mishnah Mesech the Makis, that you don't have to put your life in a questionable danger, and the same time you don't have to put your avarim into danger. And he says, that's the source. I have a very heart-wrenching question then. Why is that so? Why can I forget about the person himself? I am a side person. And I know there's a person laying in the hospital who needs this blood type to save his life. And the only person I know who has that blood type is in the street. And he's the only person who has that particular blood type at this time. And he doesn't want to give him that blood. Do I have a right to tackle him and take blood for a blood transfusion for the person whose life is definitely on the line? Comes from Rebbeya Simcha that you don't have, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to forcefully take somebody's blood to save somebody else's life. I'm not saying any halacha, and I'm not saying any particular din, but that's what Ramea Simcha tells us in Ur Sameach, in Meshachachma Parsha Shemois, and in Ur Sameach, Perik Zayin, Mehilchas Reitzeach, Shmiras Nefesh, Halacha Ches, that there is no halacha, you cannot force somebody to give up his um to take somebody else's, to, to save somebody else's life. The question is why? What is there am I being over when I take somebody's blood out of his body? I'm being over pricking him against his will. That's a love in the Torah of Yosef Lahakois. You're not allowed to hurt somebody against his will. So I'm being over a love. Pikuach Nefesh is doich everything. Shabbos, Yom Kippur, everything, except the three cardinal sins. But why would I not be able to be over 
forcefully taking some blood from him. What's the reason for that? What is the svara? He's telling me there's a pasuk in the Torah. But what's the rationale? You know what it seems? The rationale is, I don't like to usually use secular terms, but there's a rationale. There's a right of privacy, like we have in the constitutional rights. It's not about only an isser. A person has dominion over his body. You cannot trespass. You cannot encroach what his self is. His body, his mahus, his essence is not for you to take. And it's inherent in a person that he has that right. It's not the Isser of La Yosef. It is not the Loy Sigzoil. It is the right of a person to his body. And that right cannot be taken away even for somebody else's life, except if he's a Roidif, if he's running after somebody. And therefore, if you're putting somebody else's life in danger, then you have a, we have a right to take that away. And that's a special posse in the Torah. I quoted it from a Sifri says Kappa. But if I need to take it away from you, I have no right to touch your body, to take something from you, from your goof. And therefore, that's what Rebbe Simcha says. You cannot, you cannot take somebody else's limb in order to tell, you can't force somebody to put his life in a suffix sakana, even if it is to save somebody from a vaday sakana, and you can't take away his mahus, his body, and therefore the halacha would be, it can't be done. This is a very, very strong halacha, and it's a halacha that's not about isurim, it's about rights. I have a right over myself, and therefore you can't take it away from me. Im came, that's, if so, that's what the Ravid holds. The Ravid expands that right. And the Ravid says, a person's money and a person's nechosim, a person's property is him. A person's property, it's not only the iser of loisignoivo. It's not only the iser of not being mazik. You can't take what's mine for yourself. What's mine is for me unless I want to give it to you as a matone. It's mine unless it's, it's mine and you cannot do it not to save your life, even for pikuach nefesh. So it's not about the iser of loisignoivu. It's not about the Isser of taking it from him. He, what's his is not in your world, even to save your life. It's, a, it's an Isser, an overriding Isser. It's an Isser of ownership. It's an Isser of right. I have a right to myself. And just like I have a right not to put my life into a suffix on it, I have a right to my Avarim. I have a right to my property. I have a right to my money, and therefore you cannot forcefully take it from me. And that's why pikuach nefesh is not, 
Im Kain, that's really the pshat in the words of the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't tell us, Aser Lignaif, you're allowed to be Gainif. Because it's like any Iser. I'm allowed to do Isurim for Pikuach Nefesh. I can eat on Yom Kippur. I can do any Iser. And I would really be allowed to steal. But that's not the reason. The underlying reason, underlying reason is, Aser Lahatzel Atzmoi B'memoinoi Shel Chaveiroi. That's the reason. The memoinoi shall chaveiroi. The chaveiroi, what's his is his. And that's why I can't take it away. So it's not the iser. It's the actual halacha. It's not the iser. It's the ownership. It's the privacy. It's the right, which doesn't allow somebody to take it away. It could possibly be. That's what Toysvis is telling us. Toysvis is telling us, I agree with the Ravid. You're not allowed to take somebody else's money as a right. However, if I take it from him and I know I could pay it back, so I never really took it from him. So that's what Tysus is making a distinction. Tysus is saying it's true, Ravid. It's true a person has a right of privacy over his own but he doesn't have a right. It's not because of the Avera. If I steal something from somebody with an intent to pay back, I'm over Geneva. I'm, I went against the rule of not stealing. But over here, it's not about not stealing. Really, you would be allowed to steal to save somebody else's life. You're not allowed to steal because you're encroaching on somebody else's right. And that, Tyson says, if I know I'm gonna pay back, is no such halacha. Therefore, the Gemara says, But if I pay back, I'm not taking mamoinai because I'm giving it back. Let me just repeat where we were up to. The Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, And if life was in danger, you weren't allowed to burn down the fields. Toysus minimizes that rule and says, it didn't mean you're not allowed to, it just means you have to pay back. And if you can't pay back, then you can't do it. But if you can't pay back, you can do it. What does the Gemara then mean? And the Ravid enlarges the din and he says, you're not allowed to at all. Pikuach nefesh is doicha kolatayrakula. It's doicha yim kippur, it's doicha shabbos, it's doicha achilas chazer. Why isn't it doicha stealing and, and damaging somebody else's, rechush somebody else's property? The Teretz is, because we said a Pasuk in the Torah, that the Torah says you don't have to put your life and a questionable at, at risk, and you don't have to give away any of your Eivarim to save somebody else's life, even if it's not a question of life and death, because there's some Limud that we learn from this Pasuk from Moshe Rabbeinu, and this Pasuk, the Pesukim, there are other Pesukim in Parshas Kiseitze, that teach us a person has an inherent intrinsic right over his own guf. And you can't, his guf is in a different world. It's not for you to utilize, not for pikuach nefesh. That's what's not allowable. Allowed because it's not in your dominion. It's under his dominion. And therefore you can't take it from him. And that's not about iser, that's about rights. And therefore, 
That's why you're not allowed to do it. We said, maybe that's why it's called, that's why it's called Asr Lahatzel Atzmai Vemamoinai Shel Chaveirai. Im Cain, we can go back to the Shagazar. Why is Asay not Doicha Alois Asay Shebein Odom Lechaveirai? Asay is not Doicha Alois. Why not? Asay is Doicha everybody, every Isser. So why isn't it Doicha the Isser of Geneva, like it says in the Gemara Mesech Pesuka, according to that? It's not clear. It's not clear. We said there's an inherent right of a person over his own goof. There's an inherent right over his momentous. Asay is doicha lavin. An asay pushes aside isurim and prohibitions. But an assay cannot push aside your privacy, your right, your goof, your moment. That it can't push away. It pushes away isurim. It doesn't enter into encroachment into somebody else's rukush and somebody else's property in his life. Therefore, assay is not doicha, the lois assay of gzela. Imkain, Dr. Shagas Let's think very deeply. When I take Tevel and eat it, was there any specific Koyan in the world who had rights to that money? You know who I stole it from? I stole it from the greater Kahuna world. So it's called a Geneva, but it's not called an encroachment on somebody else's right. It's like a corporate ownership. So it's Geneva, but it's not bailus of privacy. In that case, assay would be doicha lois assay. Assay is doicha the isser. It overrides the isser of a lois assay. It just doesn't override the isser of ownership. It overrides ownership. It doesn't push aside. Masha came this, this halacha, it would. I just want to finish with one small little tidbit. I have a a lot more, but the time is very short. There's a Gemara in Mesechtas Chagigo. There's a few different Gemara, but I want to get at least in this Gemara. The Gemara tells us, in Mesechtas Chagigo, and it's a limut for all of us. When somebody, you give somebody tzedakah. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter tells us in his Svarim, when you give tzedakah to a poor person, one of the main things you have to do is preserve the dignity of the poor person. You know, they said once Rabbi Sroh Salanter met a person and he saw somebody giving tzedakah to a poor person. And when he gave the tzedakah, the person, the giver said, and he said in front of the Oni to give you tzedakah, to be makaya mitzvah tzedakah. And he gave him a nice madbeya, a nice nsina, a nice contribution. So Rabbi Salanta called the giver over before and he said, it's very nice you gave tzedakah, but the poor man is not your lulav to make nanuim with him. You're not supposed to shake and shuckle, use the words of the poor man. Give him tzedakah of a shuckle nishmitem. Don't throw him around. 
Tzedakah is about the whole big ambiance in the picture. Giving Tzedakah and preserving the dignity. The Gemara Mesechtas Chagiga Dafhei said, the Rabbianai Chazyelahu Gavra, the Koyoiv Zuzeloni Bifahesia. Omar Lay, like Rabbi Sroh Salanta said, Mutiv de Loyovisle Mahashta, the Yoivisle Vekaspase. Don't give it to him and give it to him and embarrass him. So the Marsha asks, there's a mitzvah say of tzedakah, and there's a mitzvah loisa say of not embarrassing him. Why is the say of tzedakah not doiche, the iser of embarrassment? My say of giving tzedakah should override the avera of embarrassment. So the Marsha goes back and forth to say terutzim. Really, I would have thought what we said is the terence. I say is doicha lois I say, but I say is not doicha a person's dignity, and I say is not doicha a person's inherent right to his self-esteem. So understanding that is understanding what the Torah wants, and therefore the I say is not doicha lois I say. And that's really the essence of what we're saying. So a lot more to talk about. But Ramban tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants mitzvahs ha'seis and his mitzvahs lois ha'seis. But the mitzvahs ha'seis is about a hava. It's about a hava to Hashem. The mitzvahs lois ha'seis are about yira. A person needs yira to be in awe of Hashem, and he needs a hava. He needs to have the great love, the feeling of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You need an asay and a loisasay. And in some situations, the ahava is many times I'll just finish off. I see it's late. I'll just finish off with this last two, last minute. We know Torah is Megina Umatzla. The Limur HaTorah protects the Limur HaTayra is some sort of a shield to help all of us and to help all the people around us. I brought Rias other, from other places. A Torah, a Torah of Simcha is Megino Matzla. A Torah that one learns and feels the fire of the Torah. He feels the upliftingness of the Torah. You feel the connection to the Chazal and to the words of Hashem through the Torah. That's what's Megino Matzla. Learning Torah with all our strength, learning Torah and feeling the light, the oyer, the light, the fire of Torah. The last peric of Pesach the Sanhedrin begins, Kol she'oymer ein tchiyas ha'meisem in Torah is the halacha, he's a koifer be'ikr. The Chedushi Harims, quoted by the Svasema, says, whoever doesn't believe it's Min HaTayra, it says, whoever doesn't believe in Tchiyas HaMesim, he says a very poetic words, and he says, Kol She'enoi Maimin, She'tchiyas HaMesim in HaTayra. That Tayra has a way to make people who are like their Mason, who are down, who are downtrodden, who are despondent, if someone doesn't believe that the Torah has the power to be Machaya them, to enliven them, 
He doesn't believe in anything. Because if you believe in Be'amun HaShalema, the Shmir HaTayra will give us life. The Shmir HaTayra will give highest vitality. It'll give energy to all of us. Then he's a Maimon B'Tayra. So I, I bench everybody. I give a bracha, all of us together. Especially, I understand there's a lot of medical professionals and people in this about medical ethics and medical issues. Hashem, Hashem Yishmar Aleichem, Hashem Yib Yispalu Ba'atchem, and all of us, that the Torah should be Megan or Matzel, all of us, all of you, and Amitz Hashem, we should go out, Me'afeilu La'ira, Me'yogayn L'Simcha, and we should all be Zeichem, Amitz Hashem, Tapsuris Taibais, Yeshuas Venecha. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I just wanted, Rabbi Cinnamon, that was absolutely beautiful. And you didn't know uh, our father and our brother, but you couldn't have picked a better a topic of Beit Adam Lechavero as being uh, of such, uh, such great importance. Uh, that, that could not better define uh, our father and our brother. And uh, it really, it felt good. It was like, Siata Deshmaya. Okay. I'm sure my brother agree. <laughs> Thank you again, Rabbi Cinnamon. The Gishmak and the fire that you discussed at the end, definitely we all felt that tonight and we appreciate the opportunity for that. It was even better than was described to us by Dov Zephyrin and Chaim Edelstein. Um, so we appreciate it again. This is part one. Part two is going to be on Sunday night um, with a special shear from Rabbi Usher Weiss on the topic of treating a terminally ill patient. Same time, same place. Hope to see you then. Anybody who... If anybody, I have an email address, Tomid, E-I-S-H-T-O-M-I-D at Gmail. That is my name of my safer, Tomid, And I would love to correspond and hear. The best would be if somebody uh, says a good kasha on the shtickle taira, so then I can even add to the shtickle taira. I would love it to get some good kashas, and we should all keep in touch virtually and personally. Gesundheit, Psurus Tavis.